everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio today by Matt West. Holy Christmas. Oh, way to drop it right away. Oh, yeah. He's not wasting it. Pulled it out time. and put it on the table. Right? <laughs> and squalls. Can't follow that. What's up, guys? <laughs> We're here to talk about Jessica Jones. Uh, hopefully, by now, we've given you plenty of time to watch the series. If you haven't, go ahead and uh, you can pause this, come back to it. We'll still be waiting for you. Uh, and watch all 13 episodes of Jessica Jones' entire series. A stellar series, if it was, or else we wouldn't waste the time speaking of it anymore. Just be, hey, remember? Nope, don't remember that show. <laughs> but uh, this was a solid, solid effort from Marvel. Following Daredevil, I wasn't sure what to expect moving forward. Very uh, excited to see what came next. And Jessica Jones, also excited because I knew so little about the character going in. Whereas... Any other Marvel thing I've watched, I've had some sort of knowledge, even if it was kind of tangential. But Jessica Jones, I knew almost nothing about going in. What about you guys? Zero. I knew absolutely nothing about um, Jessica Jones. To be honest, I haven't even watched Daredevil yet. That's still something I have to oh, go wow. back and watch. So yeah, do this it. was this was 100% blind coming in, and it didn't disappoint. Yeah. I just knew what I had read leading up when they said we're doing Daredevil. And Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. I knew Luke Cage. I knew Iron Fist. Wanted to go and see what it was about. Sort of did some, you know, some reading on the history of the character. Mm -hmm. But that was basically it through what people on comicbook.com and Wikipedia and some of the comic book review sites have said about it. So that was it. Yeah. Uh, The evolution of the show a little bit. I attended the Marvel TV panel at New York Comic Con in 2011. Jeff Loeb always runs the, or I don't know if things will change moving forward. I know there's some position shifts at Marvel, but he always did a Marvel TV panel at New York Comic Con. It was always very exciting because they announced tons of new stuff that was coming forward. Some of that stuff it's interesting to see has fallen by the wayside since being announced. Um, and some things have morphed as Jessica Jones did because it's not what its original intention was. So they announced the series uh, that it was being developed for ABC originally and it was going to be called aka jessica jones and i think people remember at least the name from that you can only imagine how different the show would be had it been released on network television and a lot of the things they would not have been able to do yeah no the show the show was super super dark and i feel like they really went there and yeah, yeah that would have been a disaster if it was on, had to be you know watered down for right. network tv right and the original name of, of the the comic book was Alias. Which obviously and, they couldn't do. Right, because there was, I mean, Alias, the, the TV show, right, was really right. uh, very popular. And they eventually changed the name of the comic book to AKA Jessica Jones to mm-hmm. pull away from that Alias. Um, yeah, I don't think it would have worked on ABC at all. No. I mean, you think about what it could have, you know, an HBO or maybe even an AMC. But when you think about the difference of the things on AMC, even to Netflix, mm-hmm. I, this was, it was really dark. It was definitely, it would be rated a hard R. It was uh, it was awesome. It yeah. really exceeded what I thought they were going to do with it. Yeah, it's nice to see something not only uh, be this good, but also push the boundaries of what superhero stuff has done. Quote unquote superhero right. stuff has yeah. done up to this point. Uh, at the time, at least when the show was announced, Jeff Loeb also stated that both Luke Cage, which we did see, and Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel, would appear in the series. So there were also some changes on that front as well cool <laughs> <laughs> you look like you wanted to say something no no no, no. i didn't i didn't do all the background info oh, okay. so I'm, I'm taking it all in right now um so some overall thoughts on the series if we take a look at kind of the major characters that we saw a lot of people uh praising the portrayal of jessica jones especially female fans 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking on behalf of not every female. <laughs> but uh, Look, you're the only one in the room, so I'm you the get only to one do that room. right now. I get to do that right now. Yeah. I absolutely loved her. It's just good to see, you know, like a lot of the Marvel and superhero stuff, it's like cool they have crazy powers and there's lots of beef and it's beef it's beef or body suits I right, feel like. right and it was just awesome to get down in the streets and get gritty just like trash talking whiskey drinking like some superpowers but overall just like believable and sort of realistic even even in sort of a superhero universe mm-hmm. um and just not taking any shit but still vulnerable mm-hmm. and yeah yeah i I love Jessica Jones. I think one of the best things about the character and the portrayal and kind of the advancement of this kind of a female character is the strongest female characters I've seen, at least, are the ones where it could have easily been a guy. Like, there are some things inherently female about Jessica, but overall, you think about a lot of the things that she does, and it's not like she's trying to be a tomboy. She's a girl. That's just the way she is. Right. And it's not like she's acting like a guy or acting like a girl. Like, the gender doesn't matter. The strongest roles in general are like that. Right. When it's not gender specific and you can just kind of be. Yeah, I agree. I was reading some stuff and it's like, I think Kristen Ritter was talking about it. I don't want to misspeak or misremember, (laughs) like, what I read. But it was essentially, like, why did it's superhero movies and then it's, like, female superhero movies. It's like, why, why do you have to put that distinction in front of it? It's still just a superhero movie or show or whatever. And um, yeah, I really feel that way about this show. Yeah. I think, and you know, just seeing her, I really, Kristen Ritter wasn't on my radar as far as an actress leading into it. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, first of all, the acting on her end was phenomenal. She has to deal with some things. She has a really dark past, Mm -hmm. Uh, but man, the the camera loved her. The way they shot her, I I would, I, as I said, she wasn't on my radar and I found myself, three or four episodes in just being like, wow, this, she is gorgeous. And just like the way that strength that she had mm-hmm. it came out, she was like a really, I felt like a really well-written rounded character. She felt realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think that added to just the attractive package as far as how she came out and as a leading lady sure. uh, or as a leading, not even a leading lady, just a lead actor in, in the show. Um, really she blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing about that um, that I read a little bit about was, um, the wardrobe department and Kristen Ritter really collaborating on what they call normcore, mm-hmm. which is essentially keeping the wardrobe realistic. Right. Like she's like, I'm not gonna go through Hell's Kitchen in heels. Sure. And, sure. And her wardrobe throughout the show is essentially the same thing, just like a sensible boot. It's almost and, like a uniform, yeah. even yeah, though it's normal. Even clothes. though it's not a uniform. Sure. Um so I really appreciated that about the show as well, that it it wasn't like it wasn't unrealistic. Yeah, you're not getting those Wonder Woman critiques of she's right. not fighting in a bustier and right. high heels and right. It was like dirty jeans, dirty jacket. Yeah, same boots. Yeah, the metalhead in me have definitely improved. Tight jeans and a leather jacket. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, Kilgrave. Oh, and I should say, um, as we're starting to break into these characters, I should have said right at the top because people should know going in. There's going to be spoilers abound throughout this entire episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, especially as we get into people like Kilgrave, uh, where, oh my God, David Tennant, like, 
Electric. Yeah. Electric. <laughs> I, I know, Matt, that you're a Doctor Who fan, so Huge. you've seen what he did prior. And yeah. I mean, Doctor Who will probably still be his best role of all time, but Kilgrave definitely throws a challenge in the ring for sure. As a big fan of Doctor Who, I was originally um, a big Tom Baker fan growing up. And it was it was um, David Tennant that got me back into the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I were a fourteen year old girl, I'd be like ultra ee, making little hearts with my fingers and everything sure, about sure. him. Uh, but no, as far as an actor, uh, he he was in Broadchurch and Grace Point, which were pretty much the same show with England and the United States, mm-hmm. and he was brilliant in that. This was a completely different role, though. Um, as far as I didn't think he could portray evil the way he did, and it was awesome. I, I my biggest I think letdown. For the show is I wanted more of him, mm-hmm. uh, but that's you know dude, I think in limited doses is probably best. My biggest letdown yeah. is that we might not get more. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I have hope for that. Though. I have hope for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought he, I thought he was great. I've never watched Doctor Who. I don't know if I've ever watched anything with David Tennant in it. Obviously, I know who he is from Doctor Who, mm-hmm. um, but I absolutely loved his character. Mm-hmm. Loved to hate it, almost in that like like Cersei Lannister type way sure, where, sure. They, where they're yep. like cunning and you sort of like appreciate that, like mm-hmm. they're cunning about everything, but you still just really hate them, but can laugh at them a little bit. Yeah. And um, yeah, I thought, I thought he did a great job. What he was challenged to do with this character was so unique because he's so, he's so despicable. Mm. He's so mm-hmm. despicable. Mm-hmm. He's slime, he's scum. And yet he's so damn charismatic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That you can't help but get on his side every now and then. And yet he's the bottom of your shoe, disgusting, (laughs) like bottom of the barrel, scraping off. And and I think they did a good job with that because he is all of that. But what they did with his backstory, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, okay, like this this makes sense as an arc. So I feel like you you pity him at a certain point. At least I did. I did too. No doubt. Um, you know, when they got those tapes and stuff, I was like, damn, that's that's no good. Yeah. Still no excuse for what you're doing. Exactly. But it yeah. made him a really, really complex uh, character. And, you know, it just literally hit me now. But I think that one of the big criticisms that Marvel gets is about their their villains, their their uh, antagonists not being really strong. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're sort of a, a take on the the hero. But in this and in Daredevil. Two of the strongest villains we've seen in the Marvel Universe between their version of Kingpin and the development and the background story that you were given and then the background story you're seeing with the Purple Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, these Netflix, you have 13 hours to develop it. So it's not like a two-hour movie, let's build an instant hero, right. I mean, villain. But these two these two properties so far have been super at, at developing a really well-fleshed-out villain. Not just they're a villain, but you can see psych- psychologically why – they're doing what they're doing. Whether mm-hmm. it's right or wrong, they're seeing what they're doing. They think it's right. Well, even, I mean, as great as the Marvel movies are, and I don't think anyone's arguing that mm. the cinematic universe has not been insanely impressive up to this point, but TVs are made for episodic content. I mean, you don't have, aside from like Star Wars saying episode one, episode two, things like that, movies are not made to be episodic. TV is Mm -hmm. it's built in episodes it fits the comic book format so much better absolutely than a movie format does because we have time to really delve into these characters and understand them like where a movie can be kind of ridiculous at times because you're just forced to buy into this world and these situations and you don't always have time to really get down and understand the kind of roots of a character 
TV gives them plenty of time to do that. And I almost wish like, let's pull the Avengers off the big screen and throw them into TV series because they would be so much stronger in that format too. Yeah, no, I agree. Just um, like, what does Jessica Jones make financially? <laughs> That's the other question. Like what, like what did, what do they gross on this show? Right. Not, right. not out of anything other than curiosity, but like, yeah, of course they make yeah. a buttload of money through right. the movies. I wish yeah. there was some way they could make that kind of money. I'm, and I'm shocked, like, where at the time of this recording, we just got the Daredevil season two release date announced. And I'm shocked at the quality and yet the speed the turnaround, yeah, at which they're getting these things out. And it's unbelievable. So if they can do that with TV and make that so damn good, then <laughs> they do microtransactions like yeah. DLC. <laughs> like you have your Netflix subscription, and then it's I like, would buy it. I mean, too. Like two ninety nine, unlock the yeah. first four episodes. Even if they were just like, we're dropping this in DVD format, and it's going to cost forty bucks for the season or fifty bucks. A standard DVD like Blu Ray, right? I'd be like, I'm buying yeah. it. Yeah. I'm totally buying it. And, and I think what's really interesting is the original plan was to do Daredevil, mm-hmm. then Jessica Jones. Yep. Then Luke Cage, mm-hmm. and then Iron Fist. Yes, and then and, the Defenders. And then the Defenders. But now, because Daredevil was so in demand, mm-hmm. we're getting a second season of that. Yep. The reviews of Jessica Jones have been arguably as good, and in some if cases, better, better than yeah. Daredevil. So there's going to be demand for a follow-up of that. And we're still going to get Luke Cage later this year, mm-hmm. and we still have Iron Fist. I mean, we could be getting feasibly three of these a year maybe four by the time 2017 comes along it's just awesome where are we gonna have all this that time to binge so watch <laughs> are these are these all gonna be on netflix too oh yeah, yeah it's, it's all- a deal the whole thing was like the series deal yeah. that's the way to do it yeah so yeah. we're supposed to get daredevil and i think cage is still coming by the end of the year oh yeah yeah it's so in we're getting two series in 2016 or wow. two seasons we're getting daredevil season two and we're getting luke cage iron fist i believe is the following year i think I think Defenders is the following year after that. So Defenders is the culmination of all of them. That will be Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all in one. I don't know if it's a series. I think it might be more like a TV movie style Mm -hmm. thing. Or they talked about possibly bringing Defenders. I mean, Defenders might go to the big screen. It's true. Well, there's a lot of rumors, even though people are being hush-hush about things. People are like, is Daredevil going to show up in Civil War? Like. Right. There's questions. I don't know that he'll be in Civil War, but I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that he'll be in Infinity Wars. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. I have no doubt at least uh, Daredevil, if not more, will be in Infinity Wars by the time that rolls around. But speaking of Luke Cage, what'd you guys think? We got, obviously, he's going to get his own series. This is the first time we're seeing the character, like one of these characters before their series is coming. And he had plenty of screen time Mm -hmm. in Jessica Jones. And I'm not super familiar with the actor. But I'm a fan now. Oh, yeah, awesome. no, I liked him a lot. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, no, again, no familiarity with any yeah. character, any part of the universe. Um, I'm going to say it about every character, but like they were just believable. Yeah. Like everything yeah. about every character felt like real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sort of genuine, which is kind of hard to do with having a ton of characters. And sure. And with a guy who soon is going to take, you know, a circular saw and show you that he can you know, put it on his ribs and not right. <laughs> and he's believable. He was awesome. One of my favorite things with the character. I mean, not only was his uh, demeanor just so like chill and everything, yeah, yeah. but 
the way he looked bored when people were fighting him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was oh, just the bar so fight. good. Yeah. Yes. yeah. He was like just uh, like eye rolls and stuff. And then just like back fists. The, the funniest <laughs> When the guy ever. had the broken bottle and tried to stab me. He just yes. looked at him like, did you really just try and stab me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. As if everyone should just know. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of course I'm unbreakable. Um, and lastly, on kind of the major character front, I have Trish Walker listed. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, definitely. Rob, Rob, I can't talk about Trish. No? No, I, no, I can't. I, <laughs> I, the thing, if I start, I won't stop. Okay. I love her to death. Yeah? I was very, very worried that she was just going to be like, like blonde character friend yeah, girl. Yeah, And I was so happy to be proven completely wrong. She's such a badass. Yep. Again, amazing backstory, mm-hmm. like like learning all about that. Um, and I think her and Jessica's just friendship is like probably my favorite thing. Yeah. In the show. Have you like, done kind of the research on who Trish Walker actually is? No, you've told me a little bit okay. about it, though. Because we're going to get into yeah, it a little bit yeah. for sure. But just overall, overall, Trish, A plus, 10 out of 10. And Trish is because uh, I had said that Carol Danvers, Ms. Marvel was supposed to be in the series because in the comics that is jessica jones best friend trish walker is not a part of the jessica jones story but ms marvel has her own movie slated for like 2020 or something Hmm. so they had to pull her out of this they can't do her twice in the mcu uh or or they'd have to cast her really early right before she gets her own movie (laughs) and word has it i think ronda rousey's really pushing to get that role seems to be so yeah you're not gonna put her on Netflix right now. So they pulled Trish Walker kind of out of obscurity to throw her in this and clearly made a very strong choice there. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Loved her. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) Easter eggs. There's a lot of things in this series that come from the comic books that come from Mm -hmm. other things, uh, things you might not know about the characters, characters that are called one thing in this series that are actually a different version in the comics. There's lots of different things going on in here. So to go through some of those, uh, the show starts off the same way the first issue of the comic book does with Jessica throwing a client through the window in her door. It's almost a frame-by-frame recreation of the way the first issue of Alias starts off. That's cool. I'm going to have to go back and read these. Yeah. <laughs> like all of them. It's very cool. I mean, I've done the research on there, but yeah. uh, I, I wish I could say that I pulled these right out of my own knowledge, <laughs> right. but I, I'm not that uh, <laughs> not that knowledgeable. Um, there are a couple times in the series that Luke Cage uses the phrase. Holy sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. Yeah. Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas, yeah. which is his comic book catchphrase. Yep. Sweet Christmas. The first time. Yeah. That's his catchphrase. He just for yeah, whatever I misquoted reason, it on the way in. But it's okay. Yeah. We'll go dub it over. Yeah. Do a little Christmas. ADR. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> the first time being when he rolls over in bed. <laughs> After Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. Just- <laughs> and as soon as he utters it, you just go, yeah. And I yeah. know very little about Luke Cage. Right. But I know sweet That's Christmas. iconic. That's like you know, true believers from sure. you know, Stanley or Excelsior yeah. or yes, yeah, exactly. anything like that. Uh, in the comics, Jerry Hogarth is a man and is actually the attorney of Danny Rand, AKA Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yeah. Can I just shout out to Carrie Ann Moss? Absolutely. She was, she was great Jesus. too. Like I thought she was awesome. She too. is such a bad bitch. Yeah. Like, and she is just still as stunning as ever. And I think it was <laughs> important for her to be a female. Yeah. Because it just created a different dynamic between her and Jessica. Sure. Whereas in in a male-female kind of confrontation like that, the power struggle is viewed a little differently. Mm-hmm. I think having yeah. them both female puts them on more level ground. Mm-hmm. Not to say – I know pe- people could easily say, well, that suggests that a man's more powerful than a woman, blah, blah, blah. But like, no, it's it's just a different dynamic. It was dynamic. just the role. Like, it was a right. boss and – 
employee right, essentially right yeah. right so to add another like add, adding gender into that would have created a different type of kind mm-hmm. of power mm-hmm. struggle there yeah so jerry hogart's a man in the comics attorney of danny rand iron fist and with iron fist getting his own netflix series there's a good chance we'll see hogarth return for that and you should that'd be great. i love all those tie-ins yeah you know that's that's great and it'd be uh something where iron fist might be a harder sell even though jessica jones was probably the hardest sell out of the defenders just because she's probably the least known mm-hmm. or at least has the she's a like newer character she was created in the 2000s mm-hmm. she's not she doesn't have this huge history like the other characters do but carrying over somebody from the series now that's been so highly acclaimed is a reason for people to be like oh okay i know that person right mm-hmm. so there's right. at least a, a way in for that and let you viewer. buy in the shared universe sure sure uh, while the original idea was to have Jessica's best friend be Carol Danvers, as is the case in the comics, Ms. Marvel is scheduled to get a starring role in her own movie. So she was replaced with Patricia Trish Walker for the series, who actually goes by Patsy, Patsy. in the comics, <laughs> which uh, Kilgrave always refers to oh my her God. as. We, <laughs> we rewatched it. I just rewatched like the yeah, last yeah. couple episodes just to refresh my memory. Yep. And um, in the end, when she comes in with the headphones on, yeah, yeah. which is such an awesome moment in its own right, and <laughs> yeah. she like takes her hood off, he's like, oh, it's Patsy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the funniest <laughs> thing ever. And then I'm like, god damn it, why do I like and you so much? he looks so annoyed. He's yeah. like, oh, it's Patsy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's adorable is uh, what he, he is. is. He is. Um, Trish is a redhead in the comics, and the series throws a couple nods to that as her child star persona has red hair. Right. And the fan she assaults also remarks, I liked you better with red with hair. Red hair. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't that guy... Um, um, like drop a, a comic he drops book. a, a Patsy Walker li- comic book. Is that in your list? Yep. I don't want to. Uh... Uh, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> but that is that is absolutely part of it. Yeah. Even more interesting is that Patsy has a superhero alter ego of her own in the comics named Hellcat. While she never dons the mask and tights in the series, they laid the groundwork by showing her martial arts training and temporarily giving her superpowers when she takes the red pill. Mm-hmm. Again, just awesome. Yeah. Total, total badass. Loved the martial arts training. And I, yeah, I was just I was just psyched that she wasn't just going to be like a shitty sidekick. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a, it's a really a series filled with strong women. Yeah. When you think about yeah. it, I mean, between Hogarth and then, I mean, Trisha wasn't the sidekick. She ends up being, you know, in her own right, as strong as Jessica and in some cases stronger. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jessica who, you know, has all her character flaws, but is, again, a strong person. Yeah. So, you know, that's the other thing that I think the superhero genre tends to get a lot of critique for is that it's it's doesn't have enough strong women mm-hmm. you get one one woman who's wonder woman all right and sure. you know none of them were were scantily clad they were all just strong women doing what they needed to do yep so that it was it was nice for a change unfortunately you're not going to show it to your 14 year old daughter and say right, right hey here's yeah. some strong uh some strong role models, role models. yeah and drink gin beam <laughs> And look how easy it was for it to make her martial arts prowess believable. Just just like a quick scene of training with somebody and like that leads to closing the door, but gives you the idea she's been doing this for a while and she's going to keep doing it because she needs to defend herself. Yeah, just just fierce performance from uh, what's her name? Rachel Taylor. Rachel Taylor. Rachel Taylor. Just 100 percent. fierce. So cool. Uh, There's a flashback scene where Trish shows Jessica a white and blue latex costume. And suggests she use the name Jewel to fight crime. <laughs> in the comics, Jewel was Jessica's original Her superhero thing, and name. She gave up on being a superhero, but that was similar to the costume and everything. And that was, in fact, the costume she wore as that persona. I can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> if that were real. <laughs> but what a nod. 
Like, you yeah. gotta love that stuff. There is a Stanley cameo, but it's pretty hard to spot. He can be seen in a picture dressed as an officer hanging on the wall in the police station mm-hmm. when Kilgrave has them holding each other at gunpoint. It's very tough to spot. Mm, it's, it's very brief. You have to freeze frame it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot going on in that scene. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> not, not looking at the walls. No, <laughs> no. Not, not quite looking at the photo. Yeah, I don't know who noticed that. Right. <laughs> Someone right. had to go by this through this like frame by frame right. to see that kind of stuff. Uh, Will Simpson. Interesting character. Dude. Interesting character. Dude. <laughs> Will Simpson goes by the name Frank Simpson in the comics. Uh, a lot of people think he changed it maybe because we're going to see the Punisher in Daredevil season two. Mm-hmm. And his name is also Frank. Frank. So just to uh, kind of avoid that confusion. He, too, has an alter ego named Nuke, Nuke. Yep. and is an insane super soldier with an American flag tattooed on his face. Really? Yeah. yeah. I did real, not know that. Real badass character. Yep. Yeah. He like- takes the same red, white and blue pills as Nuke. In the comics, but carries around an American flag lighter instead of having the face tattoo. Dang. I really like um, sort of, I feel like that character was a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Like, like hate him, hate him. Like, okay, he's kind of cool. He's playing the game. And then, hate him. What Super the fuck are you doing? Him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I another, thought you were done being nutso. Yeah. Just like another really good character arc. Yeah. He was solid. Uh, Kilgrave, lastly, actually goes by the Purple Man in the comics. On account of his purple skin, in the series, Kilgrave wears mostly purple, has purple lighting suggesting his presence or influence, and even temporarily has purple veins appear as he's getting his powers increased in the season finale. That's kind of like a nod to the purple skin. I think a lot of people were initially kind of bummed by the lack of the purple skin. But I think it would have been distracting. Just yeah. cause everything else feels so real in the they, world they yeah, built. Yeah. yeah. Although I do have to admit I wanted it to happen when he got the power increase that would make sense because mm-hmm. that would have been fine if they're the rest of one episode they're doing it then at least fans could have been like oh dude right yeah but he's if he got just, the purple if he skin. just shows up looking like nightcrawler though that right, would have been right. lame as hell <laughs> <laughs> totally uh those are all the easter eggs i have there's plenty more but we only have so much time in this right period. so it's yeah. a good amount it's a good amount uh so a quick little episode by episode recap we'll sure. get through these as quickly as we can uh episode one Staking out Luke Cage right away at the beginning uh, in the bar. We don't know why at this point. The purple light and the vision of Kilgrave appear out of nowhere. She calms herself by listing several street names like a mantra that comes back right over right. and over through the mm-hmm. series at one time in a very sinister way as we get the reveal of street signs later on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That, that hit me. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. Takes a case to look for hope. That whole... What a mind fuck that yeah. like the way that episode ended. Yep, yep. Like Rob, I know you watched it at New York Comic Con. Yeah, so this screened. is so what do you do with that <laughs> when you have to wait however many months to get the rest? That's yeah. called like regular TV watching. Yeah, but, true. But not months usually. Yeah. So that's season finale, but you're on on the It's on the true. Pilot. So right. yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to watch it at New York Comic Con a, a couple months before the actual premiere of the full series. So when I watched that and I was like, oh, like the way the episode one ends, I'm just like, oh, my God. It's real. Like it's got real. Yeah. Like I thought Daredevil was hardcore. They are pulling out all the stops for this. And um, sorry, do you have more episode one? Of course I do. Stuff. But go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, just, just back on episode one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Malcolm. 
Yeah. The character what a, we haven't talked about yet. He was a great character. He yes. had so many roles. It yes. was awesome. Loved and he's him. actually kind of like a hybrid character. Like mm-hmm. he's he's a combination of a few different characters from the comics. There is someone named Malcolm, mm-hmm. not the same as this version. Sure. Um, but he kind of becomes the Malcolm from the comics by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Like Malcolm annoyingly answers Jessica's phone all the time and stuff like that, which is like the last thing he does in the first season. So that was a funny little nod to the comics. Yeah. And again, another character roller coaster. Yeah. Just going. From- it's amazing how many different individual arcs they worked into this right. series, yeah. which yeah. is another reason that it's yeah. so strong. There's no even though there are a couple characters I, I could have done without. There's not a lot of and I had the same kind of praise for Daredevil. There's no B story where I'm like, oh, I want to get back to the other. Right. One. Right. Like, it's all interesting. I think the only the only B story I feel like there was were the upstairs neighbor, like the brother and sister. And even by the end of that same I felt, complaint. So, yeah. 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 Like it wasn't it wasn't it didn't take over anything. Yep. And by the end, I did feel kind of bad. So yeah. it never felt like yeah. a waste of time. Like. I did feel I did feel they sad. Did feel they did feel like an odd presence through the series. They were a little odd and ominous. It keeps you on your toes a little bit. But yeah. when she like threw the thing in the river and was like, I hope they have express shipping, I was yeah. like, Oh, that's kinda sad. Yeah. But they were kinda weird. <laughs> <laughs> and super naive and yeah. yeah, just out there. Yeah. Um so yeah, she takes the the case looking for Hope, the missing NYU track star. Goes back to Cage's bar where they finally chat before going up to his apartment for some recreational activities. Which, again, first episode, saw this at New Year Comic Con with a room full of people. There was, like, silence. Because (laughs) at this point, in any Marvel thing they've done, nothing that risque before. Right. Ever. Like, you you don't see, you see, like, the aftermath. You'll see, like, Tony Stark get out of a bed with, like, a half-naked chick covered in a blanket or something. (laughs) But you don't see it happening at any Marvel thing so far. So this was like, holy crap, they're going there. They, I was going to say they, meaning the show creators, went deep. But (laughs) (laughs) I can understand how that sounds a little weird. That could work at a lot of levels. But but yeah, no, they they did. I was like, oh, damn, okay, we're not we're not we're not fooling around. (laughs) Whereas I, I haven't read the comic, but I'm told the comic is even more graphic. Kevin Smith was pretty uh, pretty up. impressed. You you know I couldn't believe it. She actually gave up the butt <laughs> oh in typical Kevin Smith fashion. Well, in the comics, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Was- I believe that is something they explicitly state. <laughs> if if I've done my research properly. <laughs> so back on the Hope case. Oh wait, before we get to that, in the bathroom of uh, Cage's place, she sees the photo of the oh, woman. Man. She clearly recognizes, yeah. Yeah. but again, we don't know why. We yet. don't know why. Uh, back on the Hope case, Jessica finds evidence of Kilgrave's influence, so she goes to a hotel room and finds Hope, who's under his influence, even though he's not there. So we know that there's some sort of like period where his influence right. continues. Right. Uh, she rescues her and returns to her parents, thinking that everything's better, but Hope pulls a gun and shoots her parents <sighs> in the elevator. Yeah. I could not believe it. I was Me just, neither. My, my jaw was wide open. Yeah. Like, I At that point, it. I was like, oh, we're in the clear. And then, nope. Yeah. Even even just with like them going there, that whole scene where Jessica goes to the hotel and is like dragging her out as she's like kicking and scratching, yeah. just like scratching. I was like, oh, this is like, this is kind of hard to watch. Like, mm. this is, this is gritty. And it shows hell. you the hold and the, the, yeah. the really kind of, gripping like disturbing thing about it is you saw how powerful Kilgrave's influence was and yet how right. aware the person was of the influence and had nothing to do sure. 
to stop it. Yeah. Like they were fully aware they were doing things they did not want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's way more terrifying than just being mind controlled and being like, I blacked out. Right. It's awful. Right. Right. Uh, so then Jessica runs downstairs, finds Hope sitting with her dead parents, then leaves the building in shock. And episode one over. Crazy. <sighs> episode two. At one point, Jessica needs to access hospital records from inside the building, so she has to steal some neon pink scrubs and begrudgingly wears them. I loved that. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. It's probably the most girly she looked in the entire, right. or stereotypically girly, yeah. I should say, yeah. uh, in the entire series. We learned that during the bus accident she thought Kilgrave had died in, the woman in Luke's bathroom photo did die. Or at least we think it's the bus accident at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jessica convinces Hogarth to take Hope's case, which she doesn't want to do since proving mind control is very difficult to do, which, again, this is the world that we're in where mind control, a a post attack on New York alien invasion is a world where you could have mind control as a possible defense. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they do. And they again, they mention not directly Captain America or Mm -hmm. whatever, but there are definitely veiled references to to that universe as well. I think there was, there might've been, was there a reference to the Hulk at one point? Oh yeah. Jessica like makes the a green few. guy or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, I even liked, I don't know if it was the first episode. There was the, uh, mention of Jessica saying, Oh, I'll like shoot you with my laser eyes. Yeah. Or something. Was that yeah. the first episode? Yeah. That was the first episode yeah. when she's like serving the warrant or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, oh, uh, that was great. Or whatever it was. Yeah. Because again, that's the world we live yeah, in. Yeah. So someone could actually be intimidated by that <laughs> she's threat. She's like, what a dumbass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny. In one of the most heart wrenching scenes of the season, I thought she then tracks down Jack Denton, an ambulance driver who had been at the scene of the oh. bus accident. He's in a wheelchair, can't talk, living with his over religious mother. And hooked up to a dialysis machine after having, quote unquote, donated his kidneys to someone. He starts and this. Oh, my God, this killed me. He starts to write K.I.L. And we think he's writing. She said, I know. Kilgrave, Kilgrave. But he ends up writing kill me. And I was like, oh, dark, like dark shit. Every like and this is episode two. And they're (laughs) pushing the boundaries a little bit in different ways with each one. Like the 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 sex scenes in the first one. The like suicide talk in this one, like these are all things we have not gone in into in like Marvel comic. Well, I mean the comics will do it, but nothing mainstream up yeah. to this point. Mm-hmm. And and going on that, I can't remember. Maybe it's in the um your recap, but while I'm thinking of it, is like the fetal tissue and shit. From, oh my god! From Hope yeah. and like. Yeah, <laughs> if dark. we get there, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, we will. We will. are taking on some crazy shit. Absolutely. And there's a, yeah, there's a lot of commentary on that kind of stuff. Uh, we learned that Luke has powers as well with the bar fight and then the power saw to his abdomen. <laughs> that was awesome. That was really awesome. <laughs> it was so great. And that pretty much wrapped up episode two. Uh, episode three, more crazy superpowered bed breaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trish agrees to a radio interview with Hope. But Hogarth derails it, suggesting that Hope is delusional, and Trish verbally attacks Kilgrave, which prompts him to call in and ask her, aren't you worried he might make you kill yourself? Mm. That was chilling. Creepy. Creepy. First time we heard him speak, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, was was it this episode or the second one where we see him enter the apartment and sort of take over? 
Like, I'm going to live here now. And you go sit in the closet. Like, Oh, that- yeah. I think that's this episode. Oh, okay. We'll definitely get okay. to it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Uh, Jessica uses her neighbor Malcolm to steal some amnesia. Or amnesia. <laughs> you can't steal amnesia. <laughs> some anesthesia from the hospital because uh, they figure out that that's the weakness, which right. they had to figure out eventually. There's all the chasing of that <coughs> professor and everything. And yeah. That was, oh that my God, was that strange. Was so fun. That was really funny to when me. He just where, took he's, off. where he's teaching at the, at <laughs> yeah. the uh, lecture hall and he just sees her. <laughs> yeah. He just bolts out the door. And, and right away you're like, well, he she oh, didn't recognize God. him. So what the hell yeah, was that really about? Uh, so she uses Malcolm, which she clearly felt shitty about doing like yeah. pushing him into yeah. the cart and everything i felt shitty like watching it yeah like, but again that's part of the character and they're defining that right away like she's not afraid she's not a hero right she's yeah. not afraid to no. do those scummy things to get what she needs to get officer simpson appears at trish's door saying an assaulted fan wants to press charges uh when she lets him in he attacks her under Kilgrave's influence and Jessica makes the save and convinces Simpson that Trish is dead in a pretty wise way. Mm. And knowing yeah. the way that Kilgrave's mind control works. Oh, yeah. Had to have the evidence. And that comes up again later mm-hmm. in the thing with Trish yeah. and the bullet. Yeah. But there are ways that to was trick, to that was, trick that Kilgrave's mind control. Yeah, That was like one of the, the one later on with Trish. That, that was smart. That was just when he said that to her, and then when she was flipping out about it, I, it was just, wow. His power runs that deep. Yeah, and her performance on that part was yeah. oh my God, yeah. so fantastic. Um, she tracks Simpson to Kilgrave's location, but he bolts, leaving various strangers to attack her. That was fucking weird. That was mm-hmm. like a haunted yeah. house of yeah. people jumping out. And it was crazy, too, because you know she can't just like start killing them right because they're all innocent people yeah she knows what's going on and she doesn't want to hurt them necessarily but she has to protect herself and then all the photos oh no yeah we see uh we see how obsessed kilgrave is from all the photos on the walls um which is effective and yet kind of sick of that trope yeah it's a trope. Yeah, of like, is there's got to be a better way to show obsession <laughs> in uh, sure. visual medium sure. than be like, here are photos of you all over the place. <laughs> it's I, I get it. It worked. But yeah, can we move past that, yeah. please, at some point? Well, I think the one with this in 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 difference to where you've normally seen it, mm-hmm. normally it's whoever the stalker is taking all the pictures. Whereas in this one, he's used influence on all these different photographers. Which we didn't know yet. So I think when that sort of gets revealed, you kind of get a feeling of, wow, his influence, his ability to influence all these different people is pretty scary. Like how many people are actually out there? It's like Big Brother. Hundreds of people are out there possibly taking pictures of this one person. Sure. So I thought that in this case, it really, once you learn what was going on, I think it sort of illustrated his power. And then the big cliffhanger slash reveal at the end of this episode, we learn that uh, Kilgrave made Jessica kill Luke's wife by punching her in the chest. Right in the chest. Right in the chest. And again, that's all it takes with her. That was the next holy shit moment. Yeah. Because they've already obviously, even though Luke's kind of let down his guard with her and, and you can see that affection growing. And even though it's not really. You know, he he's not they're not like in love with each other at this point. It's right, definitely right. a physical thing, but they've got common ground and they're finding some some commonality with their backgrounds and you know, all of a sudden you realize it, oh, this is what she's got on her shoulders now and what's gonna happen if he figures this out, mm-hmm. if he finds this out. 
which obviously happens later on. Yeah. I can't even imagine having that knowledge, knowing you did something like that to a person you're like becoming close with. Right, right, <laughs> just like, right. Just like not not bringing it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until Like she clearly started watching him because of what she did. Yeah. yeah. But at what point does she go? That guy's cute. Like, yeah, right. Like, what, oh, it's, one would oh, think that crazy. wouldn't even occur, but there's clearly, uh, she's got some feelings. Oh, absolutely. And the metaphor, sure. I love the metaphor of the, uh, the fact that she's like the vulnerability of the unbreakable man mm-hmm. in a way. Right. Like, there's something cool about that. Episode four Audrey Eastman visits Jessica's office and wants proof of her husband's infidelity. Jessica begrudgingly accepts because Audrey was referred by Jerry's office. This seemed to come out of nowhere, but it makes sense. Like, yeah, they're not weird. just focusing on the big story. Like, Jessica still has a life. She still is a PI and has all these cases that come to her. So she's still doing the day job while all this other craziness <laughs> is going on. Officer Simpson has gone back to Trish's apartment because he feels guilty about Trish's death and is desperately trying to understand what happened. Trish calls Jessica, who arrives and explains how Trish is actually alive uh and i guess kind of relieves some of his guilt although he's really punishing himself over this oh yeah he's he's shook up yeah for sure. uh jessica convinces trish to apologize to Kilgrave on the air which she really didn't want to do no. but really was the only way to protect her she then follows audrey to an abandoned factory where she's set up a firing range for gun practice Simpson, and obviously we're thinking right away like that's her revenge against the cheating spouse is she's getting the gun practice. And then I think we get a little bit of moral conflict from Jessica there. Like, oh, so when I find this cheating bastard, do I hand him over to the person who's going to shoot him? Sure. Uh, Simpson returns to Trish's again, and they have a conversation through the locked door until she finally lets him in. I thought that was a really powerful scene. The the fact where they're both like back against the door, oh, yeah, that was having a conversation through it. And it was the, the clear metaphor there of like Trish letting her guard down, literally opening up right. the yeah, security right. <laughs> door. But the way they were talking to each other and almost like touching the door behind them and stuff to like reach out to each other. Granted, it was a very weird connection to build on the guy who was Trying strangling you. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, but this is all about weird connections. We just talked about <laughs> Luke and Jessica. Right. So yeah. why the hell not? How is this any weirder? Jessica tracks Audrey's husband to a room where he and Audrey are waiting to ambush Jessica. And apparently it's because she hates powered people and blames them for the death of her mother during the Battle of New York. And that's why she kind of lured Jessica into this ambush. And Jessica flips out. The fuck out. And I believe this is where the Hulk reference came from. She says something about that. Some guy with a shield or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's interesting, too, because it's it could have easily been the thing that we thought it was. And they're bringing in a whole different aspect of Jessica's life that she has to worry about. Like, we're feeling the weight of Jessica's all these things unfold because we're just thinking about, oh, how much it must have sucked to deal with Kilgrave or how much it must suck that she killed the wife of the guy that she's clearly into. Now it sucks that there's all these people that hate powered people and bigots that are trying to, like, come after her it's just like one thing after another (laughs) and they're just piling on so we start to understand why jessica's so damn defensive and like run down and drink so much whiskey yeah (laughs) based on the tip from the support group that they form uh she learned that malcolm is kilgray's photographer that made me so sad and mad i was just very upset about that whole situation (laughs) 
And even worse when we kind of discover that it's not because he's under any particular mind control. Yeah. He's just doing it for drugs. Yeah. Scummy. <laughs> but again, I mean, as much as he, he really, you can tell he's very fond, even at the, through the whole thing of Jessica. Absolutely. It just shows the power of addiction, mm-hmm. you know, and that I think that that's another another piece of it. When you realize, oh, no, he wasn't under Kilgrave's control. Mm-hmm. It was the drugs control. Um, I think it adds some depth to him. So yeah. that when he moves on totally. from that later yeah. on and he can overcome that, yep. he's a better individual because I think everybody realizes what it takes to go from maybe not the, the the strength of the willpower to get over an addiction. But I think everybody has some semblance of understanding of that to see him get to where he is by the end of the of, of the, the first season. I think you really respect where he's been, sure. where he went and where he's gotten. Sure. Definitely. And I think Malcolm's struggle with addiction is very synonymous to the way Kilgrave views Jessica. It's kind yeah. of portraying the same thing in a different way. Mm-hmm. So Kilgrave's obsession or addiction with Jessica is just as strong as this pull as Malcolm has. And maybe that's the reason they're drawn to each other sure. mm-hmm. in that weird way. Episode five, Jessica learns how Malcolm delivers the photos. Trish and Simpson get involved. Simpson shows just, oh, they're involved with each other. That was something hey. too. That was, uh, <laughs> there's some stuff going on with them. Trish needed, she needed to relieve some stress. Yeah, mm-hmm. clearly. Poor girl went through a lot. <laughs> she, can, she can do what she wants. So she met an undercover cop. Right. Uh. Hey, undercover. Hey. Oh. I see what you did there. Uh, Simpson shows Jessica a soundproof hermetically sealed room in a former CDC building that they can use to hold Kilgrave because obviously this is not a guy who's very easy to imprison. I can't even imagine like if you don't have access to that, that seems right. like such a fortunate thing to run yeah. into. Yeah, it's so fortunate. Where is one like, oh, I think I know a guy that knows a guy. And that, who leaves uh, that set up? Right. Or like, Should we break this down? Nah. Nah, it's good. Nah. Whatever. It works. Uh, they dart Kilgrave and they throw him in a van, but Kilgrave security rescues him before they reach the holding cell. It was interesting to discover that the security, not mind controlled, right? He paid him money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had to because the situation was if I can't mind control these people, if for some reason my mind control is shut down, which it was, he needs people that are still going to have his back and be loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're scumbags for doing so. Smarty pants. <laughs> yeah. Dude's smart. Jessica handcuffs Malcolm to his bathroom to get him sober. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, kind of throws him the drugs and says, make a choice. Yeah. I I love their dynamic, too. Like you said, like he's very fond of her. Mm. I think he respects her. And I think she respects him, like just sitting on the bathroom floor with him and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it was I was like, oh, it's so heartwarming as you're sitting here barfing. Like, no, right? <laughs> withdrawals. like, this is so cute. And later on, too, we learn how strong their connection is because of like everything their first interaction with with each other and what happened as a result of that and everything luke hires jessica uh to find a man named antoine luke which was a whole this was maybe one of the weirder kind of subplots not weirder but just like kind of felt like a little (laughs) off um luke and malcolm meet and malcolm makes him aware of kilgrave even though we don't see that happen on screen necessarily kilgrave wins a bunch of money to buy a house we discover is jessica's childhood home that I found interesting, too. Not the fact that he was going to buy Jessica's home, which clearly he's a creepy weirdo. He would do that. Uh, he goes through that effort of winning the money. I think that was dope. When he could <laughs> easily sit down at the table and say, everyone hand me your money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I think that just just further uh, illustrates just his 
fucked up manipulative his need to toy yeah, with people. His right. need to toy with people. Yeah. He's trying to build a reality. He wants to build a story. It's not interesting to walk in and go, give me all your money. Right. Oh, I earned this money. Yeah, he's trying to <laughs> weirdly you. justify it <laughs> yeah. in some strange way. He absolutely has some strange code of ethics. What they are, I don't But they, he definitely <laughs> follows his own code of ethics. He does. Very true. It's very strange. Uh, we find out also that Hope is pregnant with Kilgrave's yeah. baby and wants it gone. No shit. <laughs> like, Get it out of there. Talks about uh, clawing at herself or like yeah. cutting herself open or remove it. She's like, I need this oh, demon yeah. and, out, and, out of me. And didn't she pay the woman in prison to beat, like, beat the yeah. shit out yeah. of her? Yeah, and she's so like, she would oh, miscarry. Uh, Luke and Jessica find Antoine and proof that the bus driver during the accident was drunk. Which is how he think his or thinks his wife died, which clearly was not the case, nope. as we find out. He confronts the driver when Jessica shows up and stops him and then, heartbreakingly, confesses to killing Reva herself. Ugh. That scene, I think, like, if if I didn't love Kristen Ritter and believe her enough mm-hmm. already up to this point, that scene just, like, clinched it. And Luke for, calling for her a piece of shit was yeah. like, yeah. oh. That was so heartbreaking, yeah. just watching that. It was all because you really had that feeling where... You felt this authentic friendship with them, and mm-hmm. she finally, she has to tell him. Yeah. And just when he's like, would you have told me if I didn't figure this out? And she, she, doesn't, that, even she doesn't even bother answering. Answer. I was like, yep. oh, man. That's- that was crushing. Episode seven. Drunk Jessica tries serving divorce papers to Jerry's wife in the subway. That was uh, that was some scene. Yeah. <laughs> and granted, she's inebriated at the time. Sure. Uh, accidentally drops her onto the subway tracks. <laughs> right. I don't like, know why I'm laughing. <laughs> oh shit! Because it was funny in a way. Um, and, but ends up saving her, of course. But like, still <laughs> sign the papers. <laughs> yeah, just just sign it. Just sign it. Yeah, that was intimidation. Sign the papers. <laughs> I didn't just drop you on the subway. Uh, she finds Ruben. Dead in her bed, a victim of Kilgrave. Oh, that made me also sad. crushing when Ruben showed up at the apartment because I love her. That poor little weirdo didn't do anything wrong. No, <laughs> and weirdo for sure. Yeah, like, weirdo for sure. Weirdo they were sure. so strange, but uh, very strange. Poor Ruben, though. At the same time, yeah, didn't no. deserve that. Poor dude. Jessica tries to get herself thrown into Supermax as a weird plan of catching Kilgrave. <laughs> this is she where was, I was like, Jessica, what the hell? She was really I was obsessed like, with this idea. Right. She's like, put me in Supermax. Put me in Supermax. I'm like, bitch, stop. <laughs> You'll figure it out. But he stops her at the police station, of course, because all eyes are on her all the time. He knows what's going on. He then uh, confesses his love for her and says he wants her to choose him the way he's chosen her, which at the time I believed. It made sense. We don't know exactly why that's the angle he's taken at this point, but it makes sense that someone who could control everyone would be like, I want you to have your free will and to choose me because that's important to me. Yeah, that weird code of ethics, like you were saying. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, that that must be part of it. But And I think we'll get into it a little bit more as we move forward, but for a person who's always or almost always had the ability to make people do whatever he wants... His reality perception is so far off mm-hmm. of anyone else. It's just so skewed. Like, how do you compare to that? You can just make anything happen you want at any time. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't doubt that he, while he might not be in love with Jessica Jones, the person, I think he very much is in love with the power, the powerful individual of Jessica Jones. Oh, totally. Like, I think he's enamored with, and 
it's less. Oh, the I don't think itself. he knows what love is. It, it, it's it, he has this. He <laughs> I has, really don't. He has this whatever whatever that feeling is. This fondness for the ability to control that power. Yeah, I think that's more of a. But that's what he thinks love is. Right. I don't. Yeah, I think like especially with the. He's enamored. He's obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. But and then, and then saying that like he doesn't know what love. He says the same thing about Jessica. Like at the end, he's like, "You're not capable of it." Right. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Just projecting maybe, himself maybe, onto her. Yeah, maybe that's like, oh, you're like me. Like. Right. <laughs> and I think that was part of his yeah. attraction to her, sure. Episode eight, Jessica goes to her childhood home to see that Kilgrave has restored it. I can't even imagine. Bonkers. I can't even imagine. That was, that was like bonkers. Bizarro World. It was real. And the way he had the old folks living there acting as servants, that was really just, you know. I don't know. It was just so bizarre. How and that. a nice job with Teenage Jessica's room, by the way. The Nirvana posters yeah. and the. Like, and Teenage Jessica, too. Shout out to. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah, a really good. Really good. Young Jessica and young Trish. Like. They did a great job. That, but yeah. The line where he. Oh, this killed me, too, because this was really interesting and you could argue about it probably forever. The line that Kilgrave says to her when they're talking about Jessica killing Riva and Kilgrave says. I said to take care of her. You chose to punch her. To punch her. Right. What a mind fuck that is. That's so Mm -hmm. shitty. Because it's not as blatant as kill her. Get rid of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take care of her. To someone else. Now, granted, the implication is fairly obvious. Sure. Knowing the way that you can use Kilgrave's mind control against him, Jessica could have fulfilled that. By, like, bringing her home and putting her in bed for the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I took Take- care of her. Oh, man, you're so right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that fucks with my head so much. Right, or just knock her out or yes. whatever. Yeah. But to kill her, like, was it right. just... It throws that ambiguity into it of, like, oh, my yeah. God, was it kind of Jessica's choice? Is it because of the person that she is that that was the outcome to that statement? Right. Or, or... Well, actually, no, I was going to say or... Does Kilgrave's kind of intent come through on the command? But we know that that's not true because of other things that we see later on. Sure. It can be a literal interpretation. Yeah. I mean, and I think I think at the same time, that may, well, we see that it plays into who she is. Mm-hmm. I think that the version of Jessica that we initially meet, um, self-medicating with, with whiskey and because of her tolerance, she has to drink as much as she does to get to get drunk and just that depressive state she's in. There, I think a big piece of that when we, when we're revealed, it's revealed that take care of her and she punches her and kills her. Mm-hmm. Even before we know that this is Luke Cage's wife, there's been things that she's done through some free will and non free will that have, you know, shaped her to who she is. And I think that a lot of what we see at, you know, the first third to half of the, the show is the remnants of all these things that have happened. Mm-hmm. This, this mind abuse, you know, this, and, they even say at some points with, with, with Kilgrave, you know, rape because, you know, he's yeah. saying, you know, if somebody, he's telling somebody to be intimate and they're voluntarily doing it, but that's not what they want. You know, they talk a lot about, they bring rape up, they bring a lot of that. And she was definitely in the midst of it. We don't know really how long of a period of time, mm-hmm. but, um, I think things like that were take care of her and she ended up having blood on her hands. You know, I think that really shaped her. Totally. Uh, Simpson shows up at the house. And tells Jessica about the bomb, which she then tells Kilgrave about to avoid killing innocent people. Because she knows about the kind of fail-safes going on and mm-hmm. the uh, the other people, the elderly couple that we mentioned that were living in the house. 
Kilgrave shows Jessica the footage of his parents experimenting on him, which was a reveal of a whole different level of mm-hmm. Kilgrave. Yeah, that shit was, again, like hard to watch. That was messed that up. That was messed up yeah. and just sad and, and yeah, it felt horrible to watch. And, and again, shows pers- like perspective mm-hmm. because later on we learned it's not even exactly as we thought, thought it, was. it was. I mean, it was still horrific, but the rationale behind it was somewhat justified sure sure even though no one really wants to go through that but kilgrave's perception of it so different from his parents Mm -hmm. that it becomes this sympathetic thing for his character at least jessica tries teaching kilgrave to be good by having him save a family held hostage this was a very interesting i loved this scene yeah so much and he was kind of excited by the whole thing at first he was like i don't want to and i don't want to and she had to be there at like every turn yeah. to prevent him from doing the horrible thing of even like having the guy put the shotgun in his mouth. Be like, <laughs> yeah. why do you need to kill him? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Just get him to turn himself in. He was yeah. like, oh, I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> Which was, it was such a funny dynamic. And he's like, oh, what a waste of time. She's like, yeah. really? You saved four people. And right. he's like, I genuinely thought that dude, like, blowing his head off was the right <laughs> thing to do. Right, right. And, but then uh, when they get back, he's like, oh, wow, that was kind of exhilarating. Yeah. Like, there was something cool about like, imagine. that. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of the innate strengths of David Tennant as an actor is that twinkle in his eye. Oh, totally. That he can totally turn on and off. And when he wants to suddenly let you know he's being mischievous, mm-hmm. that little twinkle comes through and it's instantly, like, oh, here we go. And you buy into it. Even though, you've, you know, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you've seen it there. You've seen it in different characters. Every time he does it, it's, oh, there we go. It's yeah, just that one of those things yeah. he can add to the character. I mean, he's fantastic as Kilgrave. Oh, and awesome. Tom Hiddleston is fantastic as Loki. But in another world, if Tennant had played Loki. I'd buy it. Holy <laughs> It'd shit. Work. Yeah. It'd work. Totally. Uh, Jessica thinks she might have to stay with Kilgrave as the only way to keep him on the right path. She has that debate and she has that conversation with Trish. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. The whole what would you do type of idea. Right. And uh, I think it was Trish who was like, what was it Trisha Jessica? I don't remember who said it or some some variation of this, but like uh we both know kind of what to do, but none of us neither of us actually wants to say it right. because we don't want it to be the reality of this situation, which is obviously that Jessica maybe does have to stay with Kilgrave just to make sure he doesn't do messed up stuff. And and how he had the old folks while while Jessica has left, oh. he tells them, watch out the window and don't blink yeah. until she comes back. Yeah. And so they're just standing like wide open and dying to blink their Painful eyes because their, their eyes are so just dried out. And, and it's like, if we're, not, crazy. Yeah, if we're not back in two hours, slit each other's throats or yeah. whatever. Oh. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. So messed up. Oh. And he says it's so nonchalant. Like, right. Yeah, That's the other out. thing. Yeah. Very matter of fact. Uh, back at the house, she drugs Kilgrave and takes off with him while Simpson shows up just in time for the neighbor to set off a bomb right near him. Yeah. That was and I, I did skip over a uh, scene because I didn't know if we were really going to go that deep into it. But it is an interesting scene where Jessica and Kilgrave are sitting outside on the porch of the patio or whatever. And the neighbor oh, comes yeah, over yeah. and we see we see a way that Jessica almost appreciates Kilgrave's power for yeah, a moment. Because that woman was just kind of shit talking yeah. the whole family. Yeah. And, and then he's like, why the hell are you saying this? Right. <laughs> and, I, and in that moment too, I was like, yeah, fuck this lady. Yeah. <laughs> She's <Yeah>. a bitch. <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I was like, yeah, Kilgrave, you get her. And then I was like, what am I saying? I know. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you may. She's like, 
He's like, why would you say that? He's like, she's, she's like, like, it makes me feel makes important. Makes me feel important. I'm yeah. like, you suck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad it's he made it. It's a shitty her. human like, being thing to do, but yeah. people do that. And I think this yeah. is one of one of the areas where not having uh, a lot of knowledge about the source material was good mm-hmm. because I didn't really know what the long term thing was going to be with Kilgrave. Right. I knew that the Purple Man was the big, you know, the big antagonist for Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. but you could very much see her tr- when she was trying to work with him and try to bring out a, a force him to be positive and be a good guy yep, sort of yep. and in that scene he he was you know like you guys said it was it was almost an endearing thing that he does for her yeah so i didn't know if that was going to be a direction of this and then something you know who knows maybe nuke was going to end up being like you mm-hmm. know simpson was going to end up being a big problem or you didn't really know if you didn't know the source material so i thought that was another thing that was great about the writing yeah is is it's not so cut and dry when you had all these sort of Ways that the show the, the show could have gone um, ultimately it went sort of where you would expect a superhero mm-hmm. story to go, but I thought that was cool that it kept you guessing. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I think that's the cool thing about it being episodic is that they can like sort of throw you off the scent for mm-hmm. like an episode yeah. or two. Or yeah, whatever. why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you take enough time with something else, like they dedicated a whole episode to being like, "Hey, Kilgrave uh, might be useful." We could right. we could turn him into a hero, right? You and can't they, do that for an hour, right? Right, <laughs> and they get us to the point of believing. Right when they do, mm-hmm. Jessica drugs him and is like, "Fuck you!" And, you know, and they, <laughs> they were very clever with the timing of when they showed us his perception of the experimentation with his parents, mm-hmm. because then you start feeling some sympathy, and then. The things with Jessica happen where she's guiding him towards how to be good. Yep. And then he does it like the porch scene. And now we've got this. Wow. All right. Maybe you start to you, you start to feel like maybe he could turn out something else. And then, boom, Jessica puts an end to it. <laughs> so good. Ruthless. <laughs> Episode nine. Kilgrave's now in the hermetically sealed room with water on the floor that can be used to shock him. Very smart. Way to shut it down right shut away. Shut it down. Jessica's trying to get a confession, but needs someone with legal authority to witness the mind control. Jessica tries going into the cell to get Kilgrave to control her, but he won't do it and actually turns the tables a little bit. Yeah. Building sympathy for him, at least on camera. Yeah. And again, we think it's because he's choosing not to. At this point, we still think it's because he's choosing not to. We sure. don't know yet. We Yeah, do, yeah we don't know we at don't this point know that she's immune. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. We're, right. Which, had we known changes things dramatically yeah. mm-hmm. and in hindsight of course does but yeah. oh <laughs> Crazy. it just looks like he's showing incredible restraint is it is it at this point when um hogarth is there and they're is she there at this point when she's just like she's she's like i'm not party to any of this and just like walks out and that was, was that, yeah and that was when was she was later? saying i believe that's when she was saying that uh jessica had to get someone with legal authority to witness right. it right, it right, like right kind okay. of during all that as a last resort, Jessica searches for and finds Kilgrave's parents who agree to help take him down. And I think that's where we start to learn about the real kind of uh, intent of the experiments is that he would he would have been dead like within six months or something had sure. they not done right. anything. Sure. So they felt like they had no other choice and in doing so created this monster. And I thought it was interesting, too, to... Uh, have his powers be, and Marvel is very good about this, having some sort of science base in it, mm-hmm. that it's actually a mm-hmm. virus. Mm-hmm. Right. Because then it's hard to justify immunity. In the comics, uh, they kind of did this whole thing with Kilgrave as well. But Jean Grey fixed up Jessica's mind and also could have kind of put in like mental walls and fail safes so that she became immune to the Purple Man. 
but it wasn't through the same kind of method that they went through in here. She just had like telepathic, like a fortress built around her brain sure. in a way. That would have been really hard to do for one because Fox has the rights to uh, <laughs> to Jean Grey. Right, there's and, a whole I mean, bunch of reasons. Yeah, you have 13 episodes. Something going to bring this other person in and play the whole mind games thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how Marvel has been fantastic with giving things an explanation. Um, and this is another story for another time, but I'm really interested to see how they're they're going to handle magic because mm. it's it's coming soon. It is with Doctor Strange. It is. Uh, it'll be interesting because this could have been sort of a not a magic power, but but you know it is a superpower for. But to have that whole explanation that it was a virus, right, you know, right, was, and we're going to see magic introduced to that world as well because Iron Fist, Iron Fist is right. magical based, yeah, at least his. And there were some are, questions so. on whether that would. Whether that was going to happen or not, and now uh, Marvel have said yes, it's going to be true to the to the yeah. source, oh, so which would cool. be cool. Yeah, I, I've been. I think I've been describing this show like people who are asking or whatever. I'm like, it's like superhero light, <laughs> <laughs> like L I T E, superhero right. light. Like it's not, um, you know, people with crazy abilities and, yeah. and weapons and whatever. They come it's, out every now and then. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's strong. Yeah, and I she forgot. <laughs> Kind of forgot about it. If I did enough training, maybe. <laughs> you know, I forget which episode it was in, but I love when she serves the guy. Uh, she has the subpoena to the guy that mm-hmm. she's, and he goes to to take off on her. And that's one of the first times we really see them because she's grabbed the bumper. Of I think it's the first episode. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. love that. That's that was right just, before the laser yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. Throw. yeah, like that. Like in that moment when he's like trying to get out of the car, and she just slams the door. He tries again, slams the yeah. door, tries again, slams she's the like, door. Like knock it off. And like same thing. I think when Malcolm was like like tripping and like fighting her, and she just keeps like shoving him to the ground, like shoves him down again. Just Dude like, in the car even makes the comment, "Oh, you're one of them. You're one of them." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, at this point, Simpsons made a miraculous recovery from the bomb injuries. Right. That weird-ass doctor. Oh, that... Uh, he's back <laughs> in the program. Jessica convinces Detective Clemens to come to the cell to witness Kilgrave's mind control. And I believe that's when they handcuff him up because uh, he wants to leave <laughs> right away. He's like, this is messed up. Mom and dad enter the cell and mom stabs Kilgrave in the shoulder with scissors, which seemed to come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think they thought that was going to happen. Uh, sure. So he tells her to stab herself, and Jessica goes to hit the button, but it doesn't work. Right. Hogarth, you bitch. You <laughs> bitch. What are you And we thinking? knew right away it was her Absolutely. doing, because they had that prior conversation where he tempted her just enough. And she had the twinkle in her eye. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Trish tries to shoot Kilgrave through the glass, which breaks and lets him free. Now he can speak. Jessica grabs Kilgrave as he leaves. He tells her to let go. And she looks down, realizing that she's still holding on. He can't control her anymore. Right. Great reveal. Oh, my God. Great reveal. Such a good reveal. And he didn't notice, but she did. Yeah, he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. But And and the little thing it took to reveal that, just her, like her eyes. It was so subtle. Yeah. But it was so telling. That, That was like just. Perfect with the direction, yeah. The the you know the direction, and then Kristen Ritter's performance and the way it was shot. How just, even as a character, that character just didn't get an ear to ear smile like the Grinch. Like right, yeah. right. <laughs> I'm immune now. <laughs> Episode ten. Kilgrave's dad explains that his powers are actually a virus emitted by his body, one that he might be able to make a cure for using Jessica's blood. Now that we know she's immune. Jerry brings Kilgrave to her wife's house to get him patched up. Oh, shit. And she reveals that she helped abort his and Hope's baby. Ugh. 
She tried using the fetus to harness his powers, but it didn't work. Jesus. Messed up. Oh, can we jump back in time? Yeah, totally. Um, Was that whole escape part the part where Kilgrave told Trish to put a bullet in her head? Yes. Yes. That was so awesome. I was like, I was like, Trish, you poor thing. No, like, stop. stop, And she's sitting there just clunking it against her skull. Oh, that's what it was specifically. Put a bullet in your skull. Or put a bullet in your head, right? In In your head. Yeah. In your head. In your head. head, Because then Jessica comes in, puts the bullet in her mouth. Yeah. It's in your head. It's in your head. She's like, spit it out. You put it in your head. Yeah. And she's like, oh. Because it was so. It's like, oh, okay. To the point, yeah, but so smart. smart. Yeah, the gun's empty, and she's then looking. That's when it hits you how literal it is because she's got the empty gun, and when that's not working, she's picking the bullets up and hitting herself in the head, trying to put it in her skull. Yeah, that was that was just such an amazing, like to me when watching it, just showing how powerful he was, but how literal it was, right? One of many, one of many crushing scenes, and when and when and then the way Jessica one up them on it and just said put it in your mouth boom <laughs> so that good. was great it was so good jerry's girlfriend comes in to find a killgraved wendy cutting jerry and she hits and kills her that was maybe the goriest thing yeah in the whole season that whole thing was rough when she's like death by a thousand cuts or whatever Ooh. he's like okay do oh, yeah. it it's like oh and is- again said so nonchalantly as he's exiting yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. watching her head just come down and like hit the coffee table oh in the blood so much blood oh speaking speaking of um jerry's girlfriend uh the receptionist or Mm -hmm. whatever and funniest one of my favorite lines funniest line in the series yes was when jessica comes storming into jerry's office and the girl's like you're gonna say (laughs) the girl's like she wouldn't listen to me and jessica's like i couldn't hear you over that print (laughs) (laughs) dress these horrible print dresses on that was just there were the sickest burn (laughs) of great one-liners throughout the entire series but that one i think that was my favorite burn was fantastic (laughs) (laughs) kilgrave shows up and proposes a deal to exchange hope for his father she meets up with Kilgrave and Hope at a restaurant to make the exchange. We learn that the vaccine didn't work. Again, so many shows would have been like, we cured it with science. It right. worked. But in this case, we get the hope just for a sec that maybe it did. And then he steps forward and we're like, God damn it. Damn, <laughs> dude. It didn't work. <laughs> As his father is exchanged, Hope stabs herself in the neck, killing herself to free Jessica from the burden of saving her, hoping now she'll finally kill him. That was intense. Some intense shit. I was like, hope. Because really, this whole season, as much as sometimes we forgot about hope because there were so many other things going on, really, this battle has been Jessica just wanting to save one friggin' person from Kilgrave. Yeah, there was the catalyst for everything, everything, like the survivor's guilt or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Episode 11. Simpson is now going after Jessica because she keeps interfering with his attempts to kill Kilgrave. So there's a whole weird thing going on there. Simpson is just out of his gourd yeah, at this point. Yeah, up. <laughs> Roid rage times 100. Yeah. Simpson shows Scary. up at Jessica's where she exposes him for killing Clemens and a fight breaks out. Oh, my God. Okay, so when he gets there and they're... Um having the conversation and yep. he just he just repeats a word and it sounds robotic i don't even remember what the word was it was like you messed up like let's say like you messed up my plan plan or whatever it yes. was that he said and he like i was like it freaked me the yeah. fuck out. it was so and jessica's like no this dude is and not again, right subtle it so wasn't something but it was so so that's what it, I think. it's like did he just yeah <laughs> <laughs> there, you know there's a, um i'm a big fan of the movie the faculty which 
people are very hot or cold about, but there's a scene in that that's very similar where one of the teachers, she just repeats this guy Casey's name a few times and they do this camera shot. Mm-hmm. And every time I see it, I, I get like the willies. Yeah. And it's it so simple. And it was the same sort of thing where it'll stick with me that, that same sort of, and it's powerful that just something so subtle can really, you know, affect you emotionally like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah the strength of this whole show. There was a lot of moments like that that just make yeah. the subtleties that really hit you. And I skimmed over it a little bit earlier, but uh, we had talked about Simpson's arc in this show and the part where he shoots Clemens. You're just like, <gasps> yeah, you don't give a fuck. Like, like right. that came out of, out of nowhere. <laughs> we thought he was on the up yeah. and up at this point. Right. And then just bam, just like that took out this like super likable guy right which of course they have to do that's such a wrestling move like i compare so many (laughs) things to wrestling but it's like Mm. you take the biggest baby face you let someone beat the crap out of him and you're the biggest heel and you know Mm -hmm. clemens was close to retirement he's this decorated officer i'm getting too old for the shit exactly (laughs) you killed murtaugh really (laughs) (laughs) um but going back to jessica's apartment they start to throw down and trish is like Throws a Fuck pill <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm getting in this fight. I and man, does she loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. She kicked some ass, Serious and it was so ass. great to see because I feel like it's been such a build for her. Yeah, like we wanted sure. her to beat the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> and this is where it happened. Goes ham. I <laughs> loved it. I did like the whole piece where if, if you didn't get the, the antidote pill though in a certain period of yes. time, your heart mm. couldn't handle yep. it. So there was definitely a physiological. Uh, repercussion of, of yeah. taking it. And again, just a quick exposition that we needed at one point to set it up for later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, and the other thing I loved about that scene was um, so when Trish doesn't have the second pill or whatever and she's about to die, mm-hmm. essentially. And I feel like in any other sort of weird superhero situation, be like, oh, don't call the cops, like, because then you have to explain blah, blah, blah. Right, but it's right. like, it's like, this is fucking Trish. Jess is like calling the cops immediately. Like, yeah, like done. 911. Yeah, no alternative. No alternative. Not like, oh, maybe we'll find the pill and whatever. Yeah, and we no, her have heart's going to gonna explode. It's like, it's like, this is this is her heart. Like, Trish is yep. her girl. Yeah. So it's like, whatever happens with the cops in hospital, like, I'll deal with it. But yeah, that, I think that was just another um, sort of window into just really how deep their friendship and like love for each other. Is. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And, family. Yeah. Like as we see in like the your, flashbacks your blood, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jessica gets a text about Luke and goes to his bar only to see it explode with him inside. Of course he's okay, but uh, walks out in the flames. Yeah. <laughs> but damn, cool. you just see him in the window. And again, creepy shot. Yeah. Oddly still calm looking Luke. And then boom. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at this point, is he under influence? Because he, I believe he, he is. is he is, into, but we don't know he we is. Don't know, right. We don't know at that point. Right, but. right. Because after after Malcolm made him aware of Kilgrave, he looked into it and then right. got Kilgraved. And mm-hmm. I love that it's a verb, too. Yeah, he got Kilgraved. <laughs> he got, he got, Kilgraved. It's like getting Googled, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 12, Luke admits that he was Kilgraved, but his unbreakable skin never came up in conversation. Again, Luke admitting that he was Kilgraved. Yeah. He currently is Kilgraved. A whole other throw off for us. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, Jessica wants him to wait out the 12 hour influence time at her place. Of course, we think it's still 12 hours. We don't know. Mm-hmm. They investigate where Kilgrave might be while we see his dad is back under the influence and using the fetal stem cells to make Kilgrave's abilities stronger. Bonkers. But again, science. Science. Like that's one more science. thing you can't do without this being a virus and right. 
based in the experiments and stuff like that. So it's a whole other angle they can kind of take with the character. They end up at a nightclub as Kilgrave Quinn suddenly takes stage to continue his stronger power tests. <laughs> see like what his range is, if it works through microphones, all that kind of stuff. He reveals Luke is still under his control as his powers now last for 24 hours. Yeah, that was a mind fuck when he started attacks. saying like all the stuff Luke had been saying. He's like, I wrote it. And you're like, that oh, was so fuck. cool, though. <laughs> I know. I was like, God damn it. It was <laughs> so cool. But then again, you're like, and when he's like, I wrote it, I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm picturing Kilgrave sitting there with like a notepad, like, <laughs> like writing right, Luke, out the this. scenes. <laughs> yeah, like, well, give me a minute. Stand over there while I'm going to write all these things down. And then I'm going to, and at this point, say this, and this point, say this. And like, yeah. it's so funny. And you think about it, that's exactly what he did. You know, I mean, that's how he would have done it. And if, if, when he's giving the commands, if he has specific lines, is he creating like a programming like code thing? If this, then that. Like, right. <laughs> right. If Jessica does this, then say this. <laughs> just if then statements. Yeah. And he had that college student stand, you know, stand there for hours. And you see the guy like hours later, oh, he's wet God. himself. And, oh, yep. my God. Just, and I think, oh, is it at this point? Or I think we might have passed it already a while ago when he goes in the family's house and the kids are like, I have to use the bathroom. And he goes in the closet. Yeah, he's like, just go there. It's in fine. The closet. And then we just see the pee puddle yeah. come out yeah. from under the door. Oh, I was just like, I fucking hate So you. many people peed themselves. Those kids peed themselves. Hope peed herself. <laughs> like when she was in the hotel. Like a lot of pee. There's a lot, a lot of pee. A lot of pee in the show. A lot of pee. <laughs> She ends up getting, uh, oh, she ends up putting a shotgun right under his chin and pulling the trigger, which knocks him out. Which is bananas that it just knocks him right. out and does not just blow his head clean. And up. when I think, when I think unbreakable, I'm not thinking like, oh yeah, he has unbreakable skin, but his insides are all gushy still. But that's yeah. the case that's with Luke, yeah. which is cool, right? So like, uh, like a concussion or things like that, where his brain is being rattled around, still affects him. Still that's all him. internal yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like seeing, I like sort of those believable moments of like, he's not just like fucking unbreakable, yeah, like right. platinum, whatever. And like the same way when like Jessica got her ribs kicked in. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like nice, good reminders that like not invincible. Like, they can get fucked up. Like, and yeah. it, that was, that's an interesting thing with me with Jessica too, is I kept trying to wrap my brain around it because most characters you see that have super strength are also like super resilient or durable super healers, yeah and jessica doesn't seem Wasn't to either, be yeah there was like she gets cut with the exacto knife in the hospital yeah there was a reference when i th think trish was like wrapping her ribs or mm -hmm. she's like i heal faster than most or something so, right like, right maybe like a subtle nod to like sh she'll recover quicker but at but the she's same time not, i'm like, like wolverine where she'll just i'm like, like if jessica punches a brick wall Sure, she can break it. She might break her but hand. But does that not still just break her hand? Like, right. there's, there's some weird inconsistencies about sure, the way her sure. powers mm. work. So I'm like, ah, I don't know <laughs> what's mm. going on. Uh, and then we get to the series, fin or series season finale, because we're probably going to get a season two, let's, let's be honest. Season, two. Mm -hmm. uh, season finale, Luke's in the hospital and the nurses can't help because of his skin, which was mm -hmm. very interesting to watch. But... And I had nerves. forgotten she's even in I was the waiting. series. I knew she was in here, but I didn't know when. And I was hoping, and sure enough. Yeah, Claire, the night, the night nurse, works there, too, and helps get him out and back to Jessica's place. Love Rosario Dawson. See, Love yeah, her. Having, Damn, she's I did good. not watch Daredevil. And then she came. I was like. She looks like Rosario Dawson. I love Rosario Dawson. It's Rosario Dawson. She was in Daredevil. And <laughs> this and makes it, sense. If you do love her, just on that alone. Watch Daredevil. Watch Daredevil. Yeah, she, she's awesome in Daredevil. She's so good. She's a major character. She's not like yeah, in one up. She's I'm in like it. at least half, if <laughs> so not three quarters of the episodes. I adore her. She's yeah. the through point. 
She's That's the Coulson awesome. of this yeah. universe. Yeah, yeah. she's the cool. common thread through the entire Super thing. Super cool. Yeah. 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 And she it. makes a lot of references to her friend. Mm-hmm. Without saying Daredevil, she's like, I can make a phone call. Right. <laughs> and wisely, just because, like, no. Because that's <laughs> one more person I might have to potentially fight under Kilgrave's mind control. Yeah. Right. Like, as much. And that's kind of uh, one more torment for Jessica. She has to do this alone. Right. Because it really is a danger to bring anybody else in, not only for herself, but also the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's a liability that yeah. she ropes in. Meanwhile, Kilgrave has taken over the hospital and ordered everyone to kill Jessica. But she gets that scene out. stressed me out so oh much, but it was God. awesome. It was, it was awesome. so good. That was like walking dead nerves. I know you're not a fan, but there are times of that show where you're just white knuckled. And that was definitely one of those. Wow. It was just so stressful to watch that. Yeah, because there are times where it works for me. It worked here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, did it yeah. work. And she even tried to disguise herself. And when someone recognizes her and again, wisely. Like somebody goes, she's not even like partially undraped. They see like her eyes and like a little bit of her hand. Like, you look somewhat like that person. I bet that's you. They're like Jessica Jones. Yeah. And everyone like flips Like someone out. realizes she doesn't just like trip and her like mask right. falls off or whatever. Right, right. Uh, back in Jessica's apartment, Claire found a way to help him, to help Luke, and agreed to stay with him until he gets better. She's so good. So good. Awesome. <laughs> Kilgrave then orders his dad to inject him with the remainder of the brain chemical formula, and we get all the purple veins and everything. I was hoping purple skin, but I'll take what I can get. Uh, <laughs> Jessica goes to the dock to finally stop Kilgrave and deals with a small army of mind-controlled civilians and police officers while using Trish as a decoy. Just shout, Back shouts to, the to scene. that scene again. <laughs> shouts to that scene. Oh, Patsy. It's Patsy. <laughs> she just pulls the hood down like a badass. Yeah, and I thought... Yeah. I, I thought it was Jessica and they were just playing cool music. Yeah. Until I saw the headphones. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Promotional consideration. Uh, <laughs> beats by Dre. <laughs> right, right. Brought to you by. Uh, at one point, he yells, stop. And everyone, including Jessica, does. To test this, he has Trish come over and kiss him. And since Jessica does nothing, he assumes it's true. As he gets closer, Jessica grabs him by the mouth, snaps his neck. And leading up to that, we had a reveal that earlier in, in, in one of the episodes, there's a discussion between Trish and, um, and Jessica. Mm-hmm. And Trish says, well, how do, how do I know you're okay? Oh, I know. And, and she oh, says, I'll tell you, yeah. I'll tell you, I love you. Yep. And, um, I'll say something only like I, I, nev- I never say, yeah, say. something I never say. And as she walks over to him, she says, I love you. Yeah. And, you know, it was the Shawn Michaels like, kick. <laughs> wrestling. It was, it's, you know, I love you. Oh, I love I didn't you, even Trish. Make that connection. And, um, yeah, she snaps. Kilgrave's so neck. good and of course grabbing him by the mouth like don't you dare say a word because yep. he would have created a fail safe immediately mm-hmm. yeah but preventing that now okay he's dead okay here's my hope i was uh, here's my hope okay one of the infinity stones in the infinity gauntlet i believe is, is a life stone life stone yes so please marvel <laughs> even if you wait till infinity war <laughs> bring back david tennant Thanos, you can do it. <laughs> Thanos is gonna reach in and pull down the purple man. Maybe we'll then we'll actually get a purple man. Yeah. At that point when he's revived. Right, right. Um right. I think I like the scene. I understand the need for killing Kilgrave. I wish, and it would have been a way to keep him around and then create the potential for him returning in some form, maybe with telepathic mind control or something. I wish and I feel like even though it would have been more gory, it might have been more satisfying. That she just reached in his mouth and ripped, ripped his out tongue his out. tongue. Yeah. 
that I thought dope. that's where it was going. Kevin oh. Smith, I think, had brought up similar. That yeah. He was hoping that that's what she was I had doing. a thought, and then when Kevin Smith said it, I was like, yeah. yes, I 100% That agree. would have been awesome, yeah. That would have been really, really cool. Right? Yeah. Or even, just, I mean, ripping off the jaw would have killed him. That would have been a little way too intense. Yeah. But just ripping out the tongue and, like, mm-hmm. seeing him, to, to know the torture of that's what I used to be able to do. Yeah. And now I have to live without it. But I'm still alive. Yeah, <laughs> and you could you could have got a great shot. I mean, they had the shot of him laying there. He could have been writhing on the ground, you know, trying to and just in pain, hearing noises come from him, and you know, whatever. Trish and, and Jessica walk away, right. leaving him because who cares at this point? Justice has been served. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's justice. But at the same time, in defense of what they did in the actual kill, that's not Jessica. Jessica's right. not a hero. Right. She just wanted him dead at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Did what she had to do. And then, I, I, th- I think that he probably would have. She probably would have done something like that if Hope hadn't killed herself. Yes. Because she at this point it was an eye for an eye and Hope was dead. So and she Hope was it. lost. She you know? still it, yeah. needed Kilgrave at that point. If Hope was alive, she would have needed to leave him alive for Her either defense, proof yeah. or mm-hmm. something so that everyone could. They could have thrown him on the stand. Everyone been like, yeah, that's him. That's the guy. Right. But now it's like. And I do love, uh, after that, how Jerry just defends the shit out of Jessica <laughs> after mm-hmm. Jessica gets arrested or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, you did some shit, but I like how you're throwing down right now. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the only redemption for her. Yeah. And I feel like Jerry's redemption. just going to yeah. keep going back and forth like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So uh, that wrapped up season one. And we see, don't we Jessica see Luke Jones. then oh, uh, riding uh, off into the sunset on his Harley? And we, we see do. Malcolm, uh, I'd clap my hand right there, I don't know, <laughs> I was very excited, um, pick up her, her phone. Yep, we see her. Malcolm answer, Alias Investigations, yeah. which is a throwback to the Cute. comics, yeah. great way to end it, to kind of yeah. tie everything back I'm like, up. I'm ready, I'm ready for yep. this duo. <laughs> I don't think that she's going to be a major part of Luke Cage's show. I don't think so. I think she may show up, may do a cameo. I think it'd be hard I, not to. But I think the whole yeah. him riding away, um, it's it's unresolved at this point. The last real meaningful thing between them was him calling her a piece of shit. The uh, the 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 interactions later were through Kilgrave, and you know he knew he was needed through resolving the Kilgrave mm-hmm. piece. But that whole issue of her killing his wife is still unresolved. It is, but I think he has a different understanding. After having been Kilgraved himself, himself, he realizes how little control Jessica had over her actions. And my hope is that's going to be a discussion leading into uh, the defenders, you know, when they have to right, go back. Right. There's, that's got to be a discussion about yeah. they can't be left unsaid. Well, yeah, if Luke continues to hold that against her, he holds all his own actions against himself. At the very least, there needs to be some resolution where even if it's just a matter of him saying, I understand now. But you need, they wouldn't even have that. to get into depth. I, I imagine right. their characters like Jessica being like, uh, like starting to say something and goes, I, I get I it. I understand. I get it. And that's it. And that, yeah. that's all it would take. But yeah. you, we're going to need that. Right. Where, um, where's the Luke Cage series going to fall timeline wise? Does it take place like right after Jessica Jones or do we not know? They, I don't think they've really said exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be chronologically after the events of Jessica Jones sure. for sure. They're not going back in time. Uh, but I don't know. If we're going into the future at all a little bit, I think 
the Jessica Jones series happened fairly recently after Daredevil. I mean, they're still talking about the Battle of New York is not right. being that far away. And Claire, the night nurse, talks about having knowing somebody and you you feel that it's just been a, a continued built relationship. So right, right. So they're not explicit after. about it, but I think they're all fairly mm-hmm. connected and close to one another. Any other final thoughts on Jessica Jones before we uh, wrap it all up? I do like that uh, Luke Cage also makes a, a Heroes for Hire remark. Um, and that was the comic book with him and, and him and Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. It was Heroes for Hire. Totally. So I thought that was really cool. I love Easter eggs. I have no comic knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Easter egg stuff. The Easter egg stuff is just great. It really is. It really is. All right, then. Uh, we'll wrap it up. Final thoughts. Something you want to plug, Matt West? Uh, just the typical stuff. Go on to geekgeneration.com, become a patron through Patreon, support through the Amazon link, just help Rob keep this coming out with new, fresh content as uh, frequently as possible. Yeah. And not just me, all of us. Right. <laughs> it supports all, all of us. Yeah, it absolutely does. But <laughs> Rob's been doing the lion's share of the work here. So, <laughs> yes. you know, yes, it's true. It's true. Squalls. Squalls. Twitter.com slash squalls. Twitch.tv slash squalls. S K O W A L Z. I play with Rob sometimes. We do. Sometimes Rob plays with me. <laughs> and she's entertaining to watch game. We did that here. We were di- Paul O and I were laughing. We did do we- that prior what? to recording yeah. <laughs> one of our episodes. We uh, we had you up your stream. Oh uh, no! What was I doing? And you were react- <laughs> the reactions to some of the stuff were great. Oh, man. it was during oh, your twelve hours. Oh, assholes. Okay. <laughs> oh, was playing- it uh, Beyond Two Souls? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was very entertaining. Yeah, very entertaining. Awesome. Very yeah. Entertaining. So you can find me there playing yeah. some games. And uh, yeah, shout out to Rob. Support Rob. All right. For everything else that we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. I should probably also throw in there, uh, watch me on twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration, all the video gaming. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back really soon, hopefully, with more geeky stuff for you. And we will see you then later. Make it so.